Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. First, at the beginning of today's show, I got to give a big thank you to everyone. I'll get to that in a second. An enormous thank you. This show is for you. You have made my life. You have made uh, me, my wife, my family, Guy, Joe, everyone involved with the show. Um, so happy and so proud to be a part of this. I got a big thank you for you. Also, uh, folks, we can't continue like this. Um, with an FBI degenerating into what the public perceives to be partisan madness. I've got a story on that coming up as well, especially given uh, uh, th- that it's January 6th now, 2022. Trust in the FBI is evaporating. Also, Tucker last night exposes what I've been warning you about the entire time. Probably the single best example of media dip watery I've seen in a long time. And it's happened to me a thousand times. I got video of that. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go, Daddy O. Away we go. Yes, sir, we do. Uh, so a big thank you from all of us here at the show. Uh, Rumble, my Rumble account, which you can see right here. Guy has been kind enough to put a screenshot up on the screen. I am the Dan Bongino Show. It is rumble.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. We have now reached 2 million subscribers on the show, blowing away our YouTube numbers. Rumble is exploding. You know I am an investor there, but thank you very much. Obviously, subscribing is free. That's why I hate the term subscribe. Just please go rumble.com slash Bongino. Help us get to 3 million by the end of the year. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for the Rumble team, from the Rumble team too. The CEO, Chris, and I are very good friends, Chris Pavlovsky, and he deeply appreciates your support for this exploding platform. We've left YouTube in the dust, which is pretty awesome. All right, moving on to the content. Thank you very much. Really, it means the world to me. Folks, on a very serious note, we can't continue like this with a partisan FBI. Um, We can't. There isn't a country on planet Earth that will succeed over time if the citizens of that country believe that the primary federal law enforcement apparatus is a partisan attack dog. You can't. You can't continue like that. Faith in law enforcement's lost. Faith in the institutions of government is lost. Remember, the FBI is arguably the most powerful domestic institution in the United States. More powerful than even the president of the United States at times. The FBI has the power to do two things that even the president of the United States does not. What are those two things? They can take your freedom and they can take your life. They can do that. The president doesn't have the authority to arrest you, and he certainly doesn't have the the authority um, to use deadly force outside of a specific set of scenarios for any civilian. Law enforcement is a profoundly important profession. With, you know, with, 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 with this enormous power, There should be enormous responsibility. We can't continue like this. 
if the FBI is perceived by the public to be partisan. Now, before the leftists who are watching this show and monitor everything that comes out of my mouth, uh, we love having you here because we love having you watch us make fun of you on our own show. Before the leftists dismiss this as conspiracy theories, this uh, the public being, and I'll get to the poll in a second, being upset with the FBI. Um, I ask you, is it really? The FBI had a primary role in spying on President Trump and spying on candidate Trump's campaign. That was the FBI. The FBI was deeply involved in the Bob Mueller probe that wasted two years of America's time to come to the conclusion that they could find no evidence of any American working with Russians to collude in the election. The FBI was involved in the Hunter Biden fiasco with the laptop. We still have. Where's all the action on that? It's crazy how they could get the Mueller thing going and all of this right away to look at a Russian collusion hoax that was a big hoax and a double barrel middle finger to America. But yet it's years later after Hunter Biden turned in his laptop or a year later plus, And all of a sudden, you know, then I mean, what, what do we see? We see nothing. January 6th, we see, uh, you know, what, 700 investigations or more or something. Yet we see no corresponding investigation of Antifa or BLM or any of that. People who burned down American cities trying to start some kind of a race war. Now we see nothing. The school board's investigation with the FBI, where they created a, a special tag for parents who showed up at school boards. Are you serious? Is this a joke? Sadly, it isn't. And you wonder to the lefties who are perplexed by why Donald Trump won. This is why you are always surprised by what happens. You live in your bubble. You don't understand what we're thinking. I'm explaining to you right now why trust in the FBI is evaporating. Whether you choose to listen is up to you. Here's what I'm talking about. Paul Bedard has an article. Be in my newsletter today. I encourage you to read it. Bongino.com slash newsletter. The headline of the article is FBI brass seen as Biden's personal Gestapo. New poll. He says, for sure, the view hasn't helped the image of FBI Director Ray. Rasmussen did an analysis, and 50% of voters now believe the FBI directors influenced by the president in his decision-making, while only 26% believe Chris Ray, the FBI director, is truly independent of the administration. Other 25% aren't sure. Gee, why would they think that, folks? Why would people be losing trust in the FBI? I'm telling you, the country can't continue if we don't have faith in our federal law enforcement institutions. It can't. It is not possible. It's implausible. It will not happen. Why would they think that? Well, let's go through a few videos here of Christopher Ray, who's now running the FBI. I mean, providing conclusive proof that Christopher Ray has become a partisan actor. Again, it is they talk about January 6th as if it's worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the 1954 attack up on Capitol Hill. They talk about that. And yet when we had American cities burning down with Antifa and BLM trying to start a civil war in the cities, burning these places literally and some of them down, some of those buildings down, there was no corresponding national dragnet for these people at all. And you expect us to trust you. Here's video number one. Here was Christopher Ray up on Capitol Hill. And notice what he does here. He knows the Russian collusion thing is a total, complete, nonsensical bull hoax. He knows that. But he can't let it go because if he lets it go and acknowledges that, he'll throw the Democrats who, who push the PP hoax and collusion hoax under the bus. 
So he's got to play around here promoting the Russian hysteria. He does this in this clip. And also, notice what he does at the end, where he implies that, oh, yeah, 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 by the way, and the Russians were trying to attack President Biden, too. In other words, feeding in to the whole, the Hunter Biden laptops, Russian disinformation thing. You see how that this is a total partisan hackery move right here. Watch Christopher Ray explain this. Conservatives see through it. Now you see why they don't trust them. Check this out. I think uh, the intelligence community's consensus uh, is that Russia continues to try to influence our elections, um, primarily through what we would call malign foreign influence, uh, as opposed to what we saw in 2016, where there was also an effort to target election infrastructure, you know, cyber targeting. We have not seen that second part yet this year or this cycle. Uh, but we certainly have seen very active, very active uh, efforts by the Russians to influence our election in 2020 uh, through what I would call more the malign foreign influence uh, side of things. Social media, use of, of proxies, uh, state media, online journals, uh, et cetera, an effort to both sow divisiveness and discord. Uh, and, and I think the intelligence community has, has uh, assessed this publicly uh, to primarily to denigrate Vice President Biden and what the Russians see as kind of an anti-Russian establishment. Um, that's that's essentially what we're seeing in 2020. You see what this guy does here? This guy this is a joke. This guy's become a joke. He knows the Russian collusion thing is a is is nonsensical. He knows that he was deeply involved in the end product. He knows it. He can't let it go. Why? He has to provide political cover for Democrats like Adam Schiff, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Eric Swalwell, and others. He has to provide political cover by making believe that there's a patina of truth to this, that there's a small sliver of truth. And then at the end, he throws in, hey, do you notice what he did there? You got to listen. You're a sophisticated audience. You know exactly what he did there. At the end, he says, and yes, they were definitely targeting Joe Biden. In other words, kind of winking and nodding that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation hoax is true. He kind of winks and nods to it. And he says it's because of the anti-Russian establishment. In other words, Joe Biden is so against Russia and all that stuff that they're going after him and his son. You see the scam? Right. You see what they're doing here? Why does nobody trust the FBI today or any other time? Why? They don't trust the FBI in large numbers because the FBI did this to themselves. Why not just come out and say Russia, like China and other enemies of the United States, yes, have 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 aimed for decades to sow discord in the United States. The Russian collusion thing was fake. That was not real. And the Hunter Biden laptop, by all of our information indications, is in fact real. He'll never say that because the guy's a full blown Democrat operative. And you wonder why, by, again, to the leftist watching, who, who, if you don't want to know why that poll on the FBI turned out the way it did, tune out now. If you're actually interested in why upwards of 40 to 50 percent of America think the way they do, it's based in facts like this. Here, here's more. Here's Christopher Ray pumping the ridiculous white supremacists are the biggest threat in America right now. Listen, any racial group that promotes violence based on race is disgusting filth, period. And it's unwelcome here, ever. 
But suggesting white supremacists are the biggest threat in the United States right now after we just had a year and a half ago a summer of rioting where BLM communists tried to burn down major American cities is so beyond ridiculous that it's hard to take this clown seriously right now. Here, check this out. Within the domestic terrorism bucket category as a whole, racially motivated violent extremism is, I think, the biggest bucket within that larger group. And within the racially motivated violent extremist bucket, uh, people uh, ascribing to some kind of white supremacist type um, ideology is, is certainly the, the biggest chunk of that. That's the biggest chunk. We just had a summer not long ago where a group of racially motivated BLM terrorists tried to burn down. They, they went after me and my wife outside of the White House. I was there. I saw it. I have video of it. And white supremacists are the biggest problem? No one's disputing it's an issue. The biggest problem. As if your eyeballs were lying to you the entire time. And you wonder why nobody trusts this guy and why faith in the FBI is going. Here's Christopher Ray again. Downplaying the threat of Antifa, where he suggests at the end that Antifa an organized group of terrorists that hate the First Amendment, hate civil liberties, and promote fascism. That's a fact in the United States. Antifa, a fascist group who masks their fascist tendencies by calling themselves anti-fascist, which is, it's like a bunch of people in a bar drunk calling themselves, you know, uh, you know, uh, people in bars against alcoholism as they're downing bottles of tequila. What you call yourself doesn't matter. You're downing bottles of of, of, of Don Julio. It doesn't matter what you call yourself. It's what you do. We're anti-fascist. But you're doing fascist stuff. Like violently attacking people in black ninja costumes. No, no, no. We're anti-fascist. <laughs> Here's Christopher Ray. Don't worry, Joe. Antifa's not a group. It's just basically an idea. And again, you oh. wonder why nobody trusts this guy. Check this out. Antifa... Uh, we view as more of an ideology than a, an organization. We have quite a number, though, I should tell you, of properly predicated investigations of what we categorize as anarchist extremists, people who are trying to commit violent criminal activity that violates federal law. And some of those people do subscribe to what we would refer to as a kind of an Antifa-like ideology. We don't think of Antifa so much as an organization as such, but I think we're saying sort of the same thing. Has he, does this guy even have a social media account? Antifa is not an organization. They call themselves Antifa. They, call, they, they, they all dress alike. I mean, what would, guys, just throwing this question out there, Joe, it's kind of, you know, trying to be silly here for a second, what? but not silly because it's a serious topic. But if you were going to call yourself like a team, what would be the hallmark of a team or an organization, whatever, whatever classification uh, name you want to use? Um, you'd probably have a name, right? Like the uh, Washington football team or whatever it may be, whatever the, you know, the politically correct name of the day is, right. you know, the, the, the Blackhawks, whatever it may be. You'd have a name, right? You'd have a name. You'd probably have similar uniforms and you'd probably have some guiding ideology, right? Like yeah. 
We want to win games, commitment to excellence, whatever. If you're a Raiders fan, wasn't that their thing? So Antifa, they all wear black uniforms. They call themselves Antifa. And they're guided by a similar ideology and some of the same people and money flows. I'd pretty much call that an organization. Not Christopher Ray. It's just an idea. Now, why is he doing that? Why? Now, this is this, this is where you got to get up. You got to do a little bit of a deeper, deeper dive. Why is Christopher Ray suggesting that Antifa isn't an organization? Because if Antifa, which is an organization, I'll show you the video of a second of just how organized the organization of Antifa is, the pro-fascist group Antifa. If he classifies it as an organization, he may be forced at some point to prosecute them using things like RICO and other things. And he doesn't want to do that because Christopher Ray is a political actor and the left loves their shock troops on the street, Antifa, because they keep people scared. Ray is a political actor who has disgraced himself in the office. I'm very sorry to have to tell you that, but it is absolutely true. Antifa is not an organization. It's not a group. It's just an idea. And then who the hell were these people who conveniently were organized enough to have a moving van pull up with a bunch of pre-printed signs and shields coming out of the back in Louisville back in 2020? Who is this? This was just a, just to be clear, this was just an idea that did that. The van was an idea. This was just a bunch of randos and some guy in a U-Haul, Joe. Oh, my gosh. Look at this, fellas. We're all dressed alike. And a dude in a U-Haul pulled up with signs where we all know where to, we knew where to meet him. Like it was ESP. Crazy pills how that happened, right? Here, check this out. Really weird how this disorganized yeah. uh, group of people that are just an idea, Joe, had a uh, U-Haul pull up, pre-printed size. They all knew where to go, too. They all knew to grab the signs yeah. in a very organized fashion. Just really strange how that happened. They're all dressed alike. Just an idea, though. Don't worry. Kind of like the Yankees and the Mets are just an idea. It's just a bunch of guys who like baseball who showed up at a field at 8 o'clock on a Thursday night and knew what to do and play a game. We really weird. It was just an idea. Definitely wasn't an organization or a group or a team or anything. No worries at all. Listen, folks, to be clear where this show has stood, we don't do virtue signaling here. I'm too old for that crap. We either believe in something or we don't. I tell people you like the show, tune in, spread the word. If you don't, that's fine, too. The show's not for everybody, and I understand that. I'm not catering to anyone. I'm only catering to the truth at this point. But I've said all along, and I'll say again, and I mean it. There's no place for violence in a civil society, political violence. There is no place for political violence in a, in a civil society. I can't say that enough. There's no place for violence in a civil society. When you cross that red line, there's no turning back. I spent my entire life in law enforcement and politics and seeing the results of violence up close and personal, it changes you forever. It's not a novel. It's not a comic book where these people die and the actor pop right, pops right back up after the scene. When you go to your first scene as a police officer in East New York, Brooklyn, sitting on a corner in a bodega with an 18-year-old kid who has his brains blown out all over the potatoes sitting on the floor and you see that, it changes you forever. It looks fake. It looks like something out of a Hollywood movie until about 
30, 40 seconds go by after you see your first DOA dead on arrival and you see someone like that with his head split open and you say to yourself, my gosh, that's real. Like that's really brains. Sorry to gross you out, but that happened to me. You know, in the bodegas, they keep the potatoes on the floor. I tell the story they used to because they, you know, they get dusty and dirty. So they keep them on the floor under the counter. And I'll never forget that. Now what you want? You want a country where that's how we handle stuff, where you vote wrong and someone blasts you with their, uh, blasts you with their piece or takes a baseball bat to your head? You really want that? Ladies and gentlemen, when you go down that road, there's no turning back. There's no more Twitter wars. There's no more worries about big tech. There's no more worries about votes either. Voting doesn't matter. People just beat the hell out of you if you vote the wrong way. There is no, no possible scenario where political violence will solve our problems. I wish the left understood the same thing. And it's why I have been a strong and vocal advocate the entire time for political solutions in this country. And I have been calling out the left for their calls to violence, Antifa and BLM, for a very long time. We can't go forward without faith in law enforcement institutions. It's not going to happen. All right, here's what I got coming up next. Um, Tucker Carlson last night just destroyed a reporter who did this little stunt they pull on me and this team all the time. The take a quote, cut out a few key words. It's like, it, it, it's just a quick example. I'll get to it in a second, but you heard me just say on the show, we completely disavow political violence as a solution. We completely disavow. We just do it. And, and, and we just, it would be like me, like them cutting that out. And then just putting in the words, political violence is the solution and cutting out the whole rest of the quote. That's what they do. They do it all the time. The media is so dishonest. Tucker just eviscerated this guy on this last night. I'm going to play the cut in a minute. Don't miss it. It's important because it shows you how the media really acts. All right. Loaded. I told you there's a lot of content today. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So last night I was watching uh, Tucker, as I always do, at 8 o'clock. I had done an appearance last night on uh, Lawrence Jones. Lawrence Jones hosting primetime this week at 7. So I went down uh, downstairs afterwards, and I turned on Tucker. And I was so happy he covered this. We need to expose these media people. Ladies and gentlemen, they are the most dishonest, um, just awful, genuinely awful people. They are not remotely interested in the truth. And what they do to people is they try to destroy lives. But what they're forgetting is people like Tucker have far greater audiences and people like me as well than they do. They, we just do, and that's driving them mad. So the left's goal through the media is to do this and this only. It's to suggest because they're violent that the left is, is fully embraced political violence, Antifa, BLM. We condemn violence. Whether you engaged in violence uh, against uh, someone on on a BLM rally, an Antifa rally, or at a Republican rally, whatever it may be, I just told you we stand against it. The left doesn't. The left will not condemn Antifa and BLM. They won't, despite the fact that their guiding ethos is violence. They will not do it. So in order for the left 
to gaslight people and make people believe we're the problem. They just do what I call the flipperoo. The left knows violence is their thing. So what do they do? They just do the flipperoo and say, no, no, that's a Republican thing. And here's how they do it with scams like this. So this reporter emails Tucker Carlson about his January 6th special that he had done, Patriot Purge. And I want you to notice what the reporter did when he's allegedly quoting Tucker Carlson in the special, trying to imply he supports violence. Watch this stunt, because this happened to me, too. Check this out. We had a query the other day from a reporter at Yahoo News called John Ward. John Ward wanted to know if we thought Patriot Purge, that was our documentary on that day, encouraged violence. And we said, of course it didn't. In fact, the documentary explicitly opposes violence, as this show does. We've consistently denounced political violence of any kind, no matter who commits it, even when places like Yahoo News were giving a pass to the BLM rioters who killed dozens of Americans. So why don't you watch the documentary and you'll find that out, we said. Well, I have watched, he replied, and he sent us this transcription from the documentary. You'll see it now on your screen. This is a quote from the very end of Patriot Purge. Quote, they're pushing you toward violence and they're doing it on purpose. Tell the truth, build the country, love your family and each other, be the light. That's how it gets better. Now, I wrote that. That's my voiceover at the end of the documentary. But you'll notice in that transcription, there's a series of dots between two of those sentences. These are called ellipses. They signify that something has been removed from the original quote. So what was removed from this quote from our documentary? The phrase, don't fall for it, was removed. As in, they're pushing you to commit violence, but don't fall for it. That's what we said. We said as clearly as we could. Remain peaceful. Don't commit violence. Love your fellow Americans. Make the country better. If you don't believe us, you can watch the video yourself, if you like, and you should. Yahoo News watched it. Then they edited the transcript to suggest we were promoting violence. It's not often you see a clear example of media dishonesty. Guys, ladies, look at this. I'm getting goosebumps now I, because you're, it's hard for me to talk about. You have to understand, like I, I had a, like you all, I had a regular job, okay? It, Secret Service may sound like really sexy and cool, but it's just a job like anything else. No more valuable or invaluable than a cab driver or a pilot or an architect. Everybody has their, you know, niche of planet Earth and provide some service to make the world better. I mean, it's, you know, it's no better or worse. But as a guy who just had a job and just like you, just, you know, love my family, love my kids, getting in front of the camera and being in this public face, I wasn't really used to it. You know, um, people like Tucker and Hannity, who've been in the business a long time, they're probably a little more used to what it's like to be under attack. I wasn't when I first started. And I have to tell you, the one thing that hit me most, I never expected journalists, to be honest, ever. I mean, I watched them in the Secret Service do what they do. I always knew they were dishonest. But... The one thing that got under my skin the most, and to this day, like I said, when I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, is that no matter what you say to be on the right side of God-given rights, which means the right to be free from violence from you, right? In other words, we do not believe in violence. We are cons constitutional conservatives and liberty lovers, and we believe you have a God-given right to live peacefully free from other people attacking you. It doesn't matter. What's so frustrating is it doesn't matter what you say. The left, by, by clear evidence, facts, and data, has a love affair with political violence. They always have. From the 60s on, they've always had shock troops in the street. They're Antifa, they're BLM, they're street riots, always. And the most frustrating thing 
is no matter what you say to condemn this, because you believe it from the bottom of your heart that there is no path to prosperity through violence, none. It doesn't matter. The left will turn around and lie and cheat and steal because they love violence through proxies because they're not brave enough to do it themselves. They love violence. They will turn around and try to blame it on you, including people like this guy, what's his name, John Ward, who clearly, disgustingly edited a quote to say the exact opposite of what Tucker Carlson was trying to say. These people are filth. Do you remember what kind of filth you have to be to do that? To turn around and take a principled stance on nonviolence by a Republican like Carlson and make it sound like it's a call to violence. You have, you know how sick you have to be to do that? This happened to me. It happened to me. It happened to Mark Levin and it happened to Michael Anton too. I'm going to show you in a minute what I mean by this. How they took me warning you about leftist calls to violence on paper, on paper, a leftist group's call to violence. I warned you about it. And then the left and Emily Bazelon from the New York Times, this sick human being, turns it around and tries to blame it on us. This happened. Davey Alba was another one from the New York Times that did it too. They love violence. And the way they hide it is they just do a flipperoo. No, we're not violent. They are. It's no more complicated than that. I'll get to that uh, in a second. Uh, let me get to my third sponsor. I got that. And uh, also about this New York Manhattan DA, the prosecutor. Folks, this guy ran on. Everybody's complaining. Oh, the Manhattan DA is not going to prosecute people. He ran on that stuff. I got the proof coming up. So this happened to me. Here's what I mean. Right before the November election, the uh, Trump versus Biden election, there was a group called the Democracy Integrity Project, led by hardcore leftists. Yeah. This, remember, I know yeah, Joe's I like, oh, them again? Yep, them again. They had put out this report about the election. The Democracy, it was called Preventing a Disrupted Presidential Election and Transition. It was dated August 3rd, 2020. So right before the 2020 election, just a few months before. Folks, this is their words. This is a far left liberal group actually telling people about potential street fights here. Here, I will read to you verbatim what they said. They say they were trying to protect the election. So they said planners, this is a quote, need to take seriously the notion that this, way may, this may well be a street fight, not a legal battle. Technocratic solutions, courts, and a reliance on elites observing norms are not the answer here. Listen, wait, keep that up for a second, please. Notice what this leftist group did before the election. Me, Mark Levin, and Michael Anton called them out on this. This leftist group is telling leftists, other liberals out there, to take into account that they may need to get in some street fight here. And notice what he says, in case you think it's some like euphemism game. Notice what he says he's not talking about. He doesn't mean a legal battle, Joe. He's not talking about technocratic solutions or even courts or alliance on elites. He's clearly talking about an actual street fight. Yep. They say it right in a report. I had warned people, just like Tucker did, not to fall in this trap that these people are baiting you into violence and there's no turning around. I had warned you. And what happened? 
this sleaze at the New York Times, up just like this John Ward cat with Tucker, and just like Davy Alba from the New York Times as well. What do they do? They turn around, but I quote their own words, this liberal group, and they do the flipperoo. Me calling out the left for inciting violence is somehow inciting violence and is disinformation. <laughs> Here it is. Here's this clown, Emily Bazelon. She's talking about Anton's article. Well, he exposed this. Michael Anton's a Republican. He exposed this Democracy Integrity Project thing. She says by mid-September, Anton's article was one of the most shared links in extremist online communities. Here we go. Here we go. According to a newsletter published by this think tank, whatever. Dan Bongino, a podcaster and Trump supporter, covered Anton's essay and the imagined coup in several videos with one tag. They're telling you what they're going to do. Just two of the videos pulled in at least just two of the videos pulled in at least six million views. Listen, keep this up a second here. The imagined coup. I quoted them. How what, this is disinformation. I quoted the actual report. Notice they didn't say it'll be a street fight. Euphemistically speaking. They said a street fight, not a legal one, not a technocratic one, not a elitist one, an actual street fight. This is what these sleazeballs do. Emily Bazelon, Davey Alba, John Ward, Evan Osnard from The New Yorker. This is what they do. They are in love with political violence. And my video entitled, They're Telling You What They're Going to Do, is 100% accurate. I actually quoted them. If Trump would have won that election, they were calling for a street fight and telling their people to prepare for it. <laughs> Who's the real disinformation merchants? Anyone? And folks, what are you going to do? Rely on fact checkers here? There's a great piece on the fact checking scam. This total racket. It popped yesterday in the Daily Signal by Mike Howell. Fact check, colon. Fact checkers falsely claim they're fact checkers. This is a great piece. It goes through that Joker, uh, D D Dave, whatever his name is at CNN. Oh, Daniel Dale, the fact checker. Glenn Kessler, scammer at the Washington Post. It goes through all these examples of how these, quote, lower level operatives, they serve their purpose in this regime. They supply the masses with clickbait that can be amplified by those eager to believe that the regime's message is not only preferable, but is the absolute and only truth. Bingo, Mike Howell. That is exactly the purpose of the fact checkers. Hide the left's proclivity towards violence, which is out there for everyone to see, trying to burn down American cities. Blame it on Republicans. And when Republicans warn about additional leftist violence, claim the Republican warnings are disinformation and a call for violence. And you wonder why people don't trust the FBI and, and, and view the media like a bunch of, you know, 1980s Times Square shell game uh, salesmen. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable living through this. Unbelievable. When I, you know, working in an organization as I did that had a code where people had to have each other's backs or people would die and get killed. I have never seen a bigger group of cretins, subhuman losers, than these liars in the media who condone violence, cover for people who recommend violence and street fights, and then blame the people trying to call it out and warn against it for, for, uh, for inciting violence. I've never seen a bigger bunch of cretins in my life. Disgusting.
All right, speaking of which, I'm hearing a lot about this new Manhattan district attorney, obviously Manhattan, New York. There are Manhattans elsewhere. Uh, Manhattan, New York. Alvin Bragg. People in New York, as you can see with this New York Post article, are in a panic. Alvin Bragg is one of these Soros-funded DAs who's saying, listen, we're not going to prosecute low-level crime. So the New York Post reporting that a lot of Manhattan shopkeepers are now uh, fearing that the new DA Bragg, district attorney, that their new policies will increase crime. They will. They will. Today's date is what? Oh, January 6th. Yep. January 6th, Thursday. Mark the time, 927 Eastern time. They will. Crime will go up. Now, Alvin Bragg will take no credit for that at all. Alvin Bragg will blame it on something else like Republicans or Ronald Reagan or trickle-down economics or whatever. Uh, he will not take any credit for that. Crime will go up. But listen, to the good people of Manhattan, tune out right now. This isn't for you. But to the other people, the not good people of Manhattan, what are you complaining about? You voted for this. Again, I'm not talking about the good people that are concerned. I mean that. But to the other people in Manhattan who are now concerned that the new DA is going to lead to an explosion in crime and, and your penthouse on Central Park West may get broken into, um, I have no sympathy for you. You voted for this. This is before the election. July 2nd, 2021, Alvin Bragg set to become Manhattan's first district attorney, black district attorney. This is after the primary. Here's what Bragg ran on. Quote, again, uh, to Davey Alba and Emily Bazelon, scammers, and Evan Osnard. This is an actual quote. You may want to check this out. Evan Osnard, I think this is your magazine. Bragg is committed to reducing the caseload by declining to prosecute offenses like fair evasion, marijuana misdemeanors, and resisting arrest for non-criminal offenses. Any comments? He ran on it. Right. He, he ran on it. You got what you wanted. Now you got to live with it. Again, to the good people of Manhattan who did not vote for this chaos, you have my deepest sympathies. I don't wish ill on anyone, even the idiots who voted for this. But it's what you voted for. It's what you wanted. He literally ran on it. And you said, yes, I want this. Now you can live with it. Yes. Good point. Well, we got that story coming up in a, in a second here. Gee said, as long as you don't move it. Yes, do not come down here. I can't tell you what to do. It's a free country. But in Florida, I'm begging you. We're checking passports at the board. <laughs> we're, we're really, our idiot quote is full. And conservatives, come on down. Liberals, please, we're full. We're not taking any more right now. Submit your application later on. All right. Um, I want to talk about this new Democrat push. Folks, they are going to trash the constitution the democrats in the next few months mark my words to get this new voter uh voter hijacking election hijacking bill passed the democrats they don't care what they have to do they are going to go on a full court press why they know they're going to get routed in 2022 if they can't get rid of voter id this new democrat voter id law has two purposes voter fraud they want to count votes after the election and second they have to get rid of voter id because it stops voter fraud so here, John, just the news the article being my newsletter has a great piece about it. The Democrat voting rules bill prohibits states from requiring ID or a social security number to obtain an absentee ballot. Really? One, the bill's totally unconstitutional. But a federal bill to stop states from checking voter ID. Folks, now, they're, what they're saying here is voter ID is racist. Now, if fact checkers, uh, Daniel Dale, Glenn Kessler, uh, that guy, Tom Shower, whatever his name is at PolitiFact, that, uh, that zero, the worst fact checker on planet Earth. Um, if these people were really doing their jobs, you would note that claims that voter ID suppress minority votes are, in fact, disinformation. 
Now, I'm warning you again, it is January 6th. Over the next few months, you will see hysteria on the left about this bill, and you will see ridiculous claims about mass voter suppression due to voter ID. It is disinformation. It's misinformation. It is false. And the fact checkers should actually do their homework on it. The data shows it's false. You doubt me? Here's the data. We always bring receipts. Wall Street Journal, Jason Riley. Data disproves the voter suppression myth. Turns out the Census Bureau released a report in voter turnout 2018. Voter turnout, folks, climbed 11 percentage points for the last midterm in 2014 and surpassed 50% for the first time since 1982. The increased turnout was driven by minority voters who the Democrats claim are being disenfranchised. Black turnout, Joe, grew around 27%. Hispanic turnout increased 50%. An analysis of the census data by Pew Research found that all major racial and ethnic groups saw historic jumps in voter turnout last year. That's the data. That's the data, folks. That's I know data doesn't comport with your narrative and leftists will lie about it. The fact checkers will do nothing, but expect a push to get rid of voter ID so they can cheat in the 2022 midterms through this new voting rights push. They're going to dump the filibuster or try to to get it done, all based on disinformation and a myth. The left there is no bigger proponent of violence and disinformation than the left and the media. They are making this whole thing up. You may say, well, clearly there are some studies showing voter ID causes voter suppression. Okay, so let's check it out. The Heritage Foundation. Voter suppression is a myth, but it's an article of faith to liberals. By the way, this will be in my uh, uh, Bongino.com slash newsletter. This will be in the newsletter. Read this whole thing. Yes, there are studies. The National Bureau of Economic Research, a nonpartisan entity, by the way, folks, in 2019 examined 10 years worth of turnout data from all across the country, folks, and concluded that voter ID laws, quote, have no negative effect on registration or turnout overall or for any specific group defined by race, gender, age, or party affiliation. (laughs) The verdict is in. You all are lying morons. That's right. That's right. Liberals are like, <laughs> really? Uh, Here's Hans Spakovsky, Hans von Spakovsky, the guy who authored this piece. I know Hans. Nobody knows more about voter ID than him. Here's Hans von Spakovsky up on Capitol Hill talking about exactly this topic. Here, check this out. Every single state that has passed an ID law has put in a provision to provide a free ID to anyone who doesn't have one. The turnout numbers show it has no effect. And I would remind everyone that the current version of the Texas voter ID law for in-person voting, the Obama administration agreed in court, in a court filing, that they were satisfied with it and that it was not discriminatory. Funny how we're in, Joe, when they're in court and everybody has to, yeah. uh, you know, you know, you're in court, you're obligated to legally tell the truth. All of a sudden, the story changes. The Obama administration, yeah, voter ID is not racist. You think? But keep getting lied to. Keep getting lied to. Keep pretending the left didn't promote uh, and warn about street fights before the election. Keep pretending the left's not the disinformation machine. Keep it up. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And coming up next, Florida, haven for freedom and liberty. Even for the liberals who claim to hate Florida. Really weird. Another one. Another one. Busted. Coming down here. This is great. Another Democrat fraudster, fellas, exposed. Remember, the Democrats, when they're up in front of the cameras on Capitol Hill, do what? 
Swalwell, the AOCs of the world, Joe Biden. Oh, my gosh, that evil Ron DeSantis down in Florida. He's the, the killing. He's actually murdering people. He is the Michael Myers of governors around the country. You know, butcher knives everywhere. William Shatner mask with the uh, with the spray. That was that was a William Shatner mask. Did you all know that? That that's Ron DeSantis. What he does in his after hours. He's a serial killer. Ron DeSantis. Don't go down to Florida. It's dangerous. No masks. No mask mandates. No vaccine mandates. Do not go down to Florida. Well, except for the fact that they go down to Florida themselves. Daily Mail exclusive. Eric Swalwell, you know, Fang Fang's boyfriend. Eric Swalwell busted down here in Florida at a posh Miami hotel with no mask on. Folks, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because the takeaway is just so obvious. Who's the real disinformation machine? The media and the left. Florida, so dangerous, no mandates, that's terrible. Hey, book a trip to Florida so we can go hang out with no mask on. These, and you're going to tell me with a straight face that these people actually believe this? They believe Florida and the lack of mandates and not having a mask on is so dangerous that they go and do it themselves? You believe that? I'm, I'm asking you a question. You believe that? you realize the level of imbecility you need to possess in your cerebral cortex to believe these people are telling you the truth when they do nothing of what they tell you to do? Showing you other people are catching on. I told you a, a couple weeks ago, because I got a few nasty emails from people, especially down here in Florida. Dan, stop telling people to move down here. I'm not telling people to move down here. I'm telling conservatives to move down here. You watch the show? You watch the show, you know that. Liberals were closed. We're not taking applications at this time. You can submit again when... Uh, Haley's Comet comes back. And when, when is that, 2084 or whatever? We'll, we'll, we'll reconsider your application then. Just kidding. We won't reconsider it then either, if I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, but we're not taking applications for liberals. But conservatives moved down here. And I got a couple of nasty emails saying, Dan, stop telling these pe people to come down here. The people coming down here are liberals. They're not liberals. I live down here. I don't know what you're talking about. I've met like 30, 40 people over the last six months alone and 28 of them are not only conservatives, they're diehards. Here's the data. Read this piece in my newsletter today. PJ Media, Stephen Green. Quote, jaw-dropping gains for the GOP in Florida as COVID refugees register red. Folks, the numbers are right in front of your face. There's a chart right there. The GOP has gained a quarter of a million new party members in just the last nine months. 66 out of Florida's 67 counties shifted red. The Democrats lost registrations. I, I know 90% of you understand this who live down here, but I'm not kidding. About 10% of people email me nasty grabs. Stop telling people to move down here. I'm not telling people. I'm telling conservatives who love liberty to move down here. And whatever, I'm not suggesting I had anything to do with this, but I'm telling you from experience, the people coming down here are liberty lovers. I've seen it. I talk to them. It's not a small sample size either. I travel around the state a lot. I do a lot of speeches and stuff. The conservatives are finding freedom down here. You are welcome. We'd love to see you down here. Thank you. Continue to come down. Trust the data, folks. The numbers don't lie. Quarter million new Republicans, new registrations in just the last nine months. The Democrats are losing people. That's stunning. 
that's going to shift the entire national electoral landscape as Florida leaves the swing state column and becomes the leans red, leans red column. The entire landscape, as goes Florida, goes the country. Florida's going in the right direction. Okay, uh, you know, one last story. I just want to, I, I want to express my disappointment in NASCAR. Listen, I don't, I don't watch NASCAR that often. I probably should, but I don't. Uh, you know, I work at a lot of different organizations. And someone said something to me at one of them. They said, listen, and it resonated with me. They said, you know, if you don't understand who you're talking to in our audience, then don't go on the air. And that person was right. We have an audience. And although we should always stick to the facts and the data, because that would ma- that's what matters. You have to know who your audience is. Don't ever demean them. And what they meant was just, you know, don't demean and ever talk down to people and treat them like idiots, right? This is a while ago. It's not who you think either. NASCAR doesn't know their audience anymore. Daily Caller, story be my newsletter, report. NASCAR has now banned the Let's Go Brandon themed car. Really, NASCAR? So you know that guy Brandon Brown. He had a an, uh, Let's Go Brandon. It was like a, an NFT or something like that, and it was sponsoring his car. NASCAR has now changed their mind and said you can't have it. Really, NASCAR? Do you know your audience? Do you? It's a serious question. Because you have billions of dollars on the line in an entertainment business that requires one thing and one thing only. Well, actually two things, a pair of one thing, an eye, eyeball. You think those eyeballs are going to remain fixated on your screen or you want to destroy your product like other professional sports are doing? You ban the Let's Go Brandon car? You didn't have any problem with the Black Lives Matter car. A terrorist communist group that tried to burn down American cities. You had no problem with that. But the Let's Go Brandon car? Listen, I don't want to pick a fight I don't need to pick. But to the NASCAR people listening to this, I'm not going to let this story go, and neither are others. And I'm going to ask you this question before you burn your own business model. Do you know your audience? Because if you don't, you're in the wrong business. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please don't miss my Fox show this weekend, unfiltered, Saturday at 10 p.m. Set your DVR if you can't make it live. I've got another flaming hot rebuttal on people leaving uh, blue states for red states. It's going to be a good one, this debate. Oh, and questions for tomorrow's show. I will put that up right now on my Locals account. Locals, download the app. Go to Locals.com. I'm at Bongino. Follow me. I'll put a post that calls questions. Uh, it's called questions, and you can only always submit questions on the Rumble account, too, underneath the video. Just comment, rumble.com slash Bongino. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.